This is the Secret Golf Podcast and I'm Diane Knox. It's a little bit different this week because I'm on location. Um, I'm in Hartford, Connecticut, working at the Travelers Championship for the PGA Tour. So um, this week is the first week that I've travelled out of Florida for a long, long time. And obviously the first PGA Tour event that I've been to since all the new protocols came into place following the pandemic. It's been really interesting to see that firsthand. And um, yeah, I mean, they're going above and beyond to make sure that everything is safe and that protocols are being followed. Now, the podcast today, we're talking to, well, I'm talking to Elk after Commissioner Jay Monaghan's press conference earlier following the announcement that there has been reported cases of COVID and that a few players have withdrawn. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Elk's a big supporter of this. He thought that the commissioner's press conference and statement today were excellent and that, you know, there were rumours going around that maybe the season was going to be cancelled. So I think as golf fans, we're all happy that it's not. Um, and as sports fans, I think we can really appreciate the fact that golf is at the forefront and trying to like obviously push through in the safest way possible to make this happen. So on the podcast, we're going to talk about that. Um, I'll tell you what it's like here at the tournament. We'll, of course, preview the tournament and talk about the course and the field and everything. And the secret golfers um, who have had some brilliant results over the past few weeks. So this is my full chat with Steve Elkington. We did it as a Zoom, so the video will be available too. And I'll put the link on social media and in the little description box. So Elk, I... <laughs> I'm in a hotel room in Hartford and I've just realised that you can see my bed and I haven't made it properly because... I'll, I'll lean this way so I, I look know. more that way. <laughs> and my suitcase is on the chair. But obviously with um, everything going on right now, I tell you, Connecticut's on major lockdown and you, there's no service to come and like make your bed, clean your room, that kind of thing. It's like extreme lockdown. Yeah, and all that being said, the tour must go on, Diane. I was very impressed today with our commissioner, uh, you know, Monaghan, who doesn't talk much, and we don't hear much from uh, him. But today, you know, I heard that there was a news conference coming on at 2.30, and I just, oh, I didn't even want to text any of my players. I didn't want to text any of your brother and say, oh, are we gone? Are we out of here? And then... I waited and someone told me, said, no, we're back on. We are just going to, he said a couple of really interesting things to me uh, or, or that I picked up on. One was um, he, want, he wants to be the leader and um, we want to get golf on. And we know there's going to be some positive tests and we know there's going to be some false negatives, whatever they call it. So the show must go on. It's funny because, well, it's not funny. Nothing about this is funny. And I'll, I'm working for PGA Tour Live this week. So I'll tell you a little bit about how it's been at the course. But today, all first of all, we heard that all press conferences were cancelled after Justin Thomas this morning. So we'd, we'd lined up that we were going to talk to Rory and, uh, hey, I have this. <laughs> that, uh, you right. mouth, mouthwash. This is uh, some wine. Yeah. I I had that. So yeah. when we heard that all the press conferences were cancelled, we were like, oh my gosh. But then obviously we'd heard that 
um, Cameron Champ had tested positive, that Brooks had withdrawn because of his caddy testing positive, that um, as a result, well, Graham McDowell as well, his caddy, and then we heard that Chase Kepka was probably going to withdraw also. And then when we heard that Jay Monaghan was going to talk, that was one thing, but then we saw him arrive at the course and we were like, oh my gosh, he's here. We thought he was in Ponte Vedra, but yeah. when we saw him actually in the parking lot, I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. To make it a little bit more panicky, I got a text from my brother who had been at the course in the morning and then left. And he texted me saying, hey, like, what's going on? What are the rumblings down there? So, so, such, such a move from your brother. Ashley's sister, yeah, what's and, going on? He, and he's on the tour. <laughs> and he's a member of the Player Advisory Council. Yeah, he's on the board. But yeah. it was all very, I think because the rumor mill was just in overload today. I went on Twitter and I kind of avoided Twitter this morning just because I've been doing so much stuff and I saw all the rumors and it was a lot of scaremongering going on saying that's it. You know, he's going to announce that the rest of the season's been cancelled. So I think everyone was just preparing for the worst. And then I spoke to one of the head media officials just before I came back to the hotel before the press conference and he said I think we're going to be okay I think he's coming out to quash the rumors and to say that you know we want to be at the forefront we're just going to make sure that everything is so tight when it comes to protocol yeah and I think um I don't know every fact in this deal but um I text with Tony Navarro who's uh uh caddy for um what's his name that, that uh tested positive last week um <laughs> Uh, Nick Watney, sorry, I know Nick really well. Uh, he said he's fine. He didn't. He didn't catch it. I think Nick Watney uh, was a false positive. Okay. So he actually doesn't have it. And Cameron Champ tested this week, uh, but he was in Houston last week. And then McDowell's caddy and Kepka's caddy. So there actually hasn't been anyone that's tested positive inside the bubble, so to speak. So it's all this, but. I mean, how can you control the bubble? I mean, there's guys coming in from all over the place, right? The tour, you, you know, it's not like a basketball team. We all travel together. These people are coming in and out. The caddies can't afford to fly on these private planes with the players. So they've got to go their own way. And uh, I, heard a, I heard a quote from uh, Graham McDowell's caddy that he went, you know, commercial and he got in amongst a bunch of people and he felt a little, you know, it was a little strange. And, hey, he caught it, whatever. Well, the, good I, news, I, sorry. the good news is that they're not really, they're not, well, I'm saying this right now today, what I've heard, they're not sick. In mm. other words, they're not suffering, the players that have had the, had the problems. Yeah. Well, I flew here on Monday morning and I had to take two flights, Jacksonville to Charlotte and then Charlotte to Hartford. And my understanding was that the planes were not going to be at capacity, that they were going to leave middle seats free. But on the way to the airport, I got a message saying, we'll offer you like $200 if you change your flight because the flight is full. So I get there, there's a huge standby list. The plane is jammed to capacity. Like every single seat was filled. So I had a bit of an of anxiety about that, but you know, I wiped everything down, had the mask on, but you, what else can you do? Like, I was thinking that there's nothing more that I would do that I haven't already done. I haven't been around a lot of people. I really isolated for a good week before I came here and I made sure that everything was wiped down, disinfected. I had my mask on. I haven't been around anyone. I've literally been in my hotel room or at the golf course and there's no in between. So it's, but that's the responsibility that I think everyone has if you're going to be traveling and, and part of this. 
But, you know, it's working. As a fan sitting at home, Diane, watching the Colonial, watching the Hilton Head, I'm I'm enjoying watching the golf. It's on and people are loving it and they're getting – and the sponsors, even though they're losing – the war they're winning the battle by being on tv and they're getting their name out there lots of people are watching and people are excited and there's a lot of good stories on the tour right now bryson dechambeau i just did a i just did a um i gotta tell you a story about uh hartford tournament where you are right now the travelers the travelers tournament when my kids were little sam and annie were maybe i don't know five seven years old we would go to the i, I played in the Hartford tournament 30 years probably in a row maybe 25 plus always go to Hartford. I loved it. My caddy gypsy was from there and they do the most for any of any tournament on tour. And what I mean by the most is they have all these activities. And when, the, when a, when a parent comes like me, comes to the tournament, they have a bag of goodies for the kids. Each one of them gets one special might be coloring books, Legos, all these things. So my kids, thought it was the masters going to Hartford. No matter what I did, I had to play Hartford because of the, just the way they treat you up there. They're so hospitable. And the people that place used to be called the Sammy Davis jr. Famous, uh, you know, famous singer Diane years ago. And they would get a hundred thousand people. They almost get as many people at that tournament as they would at Phoenix open. If you can believe that. And here we are. Years later, those people love that tournament, and I'm, I'm, I feel bad that they're not, they're not going to be able to get out on the golf course. But this week, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories that we'll talk about. But this is a scoring opportunity. This is a place that goes low. You talked to uh, Jim Furyk this week. He shot 58 there. Your brothers won this tournament, and this is all about like low, low, low scores. Yeah, um, I've got so many stories. First of all, one of the features that I'm making this week for the PGA Tour is about the strength of field that the tournament attracts and just why the players love it so much. And one thing that travellers really are very proud of is the fact that they have good relationships with the players and they do treat them so well. So the fact you said that, like, yes, everyone's been telling me. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I spoke to Isn't Jim. It, it, I, I want to interject something. Isn't it strange how... A relatively, I don't know. I don't want to call the Travelers Tournament a small event, but it's not a, it's not one of the bigs, right? But they have all these players respect. How do they do that? They work on it all year. They they're always they're always uh, talking to us. They're always doing things and and keeping us up to date. And you know, it's just they they do they do a really good job. They they've taken a small event with a. And I'm a big fan of the course. It's not a great course, not a great course, but it's always in good condition. They made a, and it's not a great place to go. It's not like going to Hilton Head. Uh, Hartford, Connecticut, Diane, is an industrial city. And I, I know you've looked outside. It's not awesome. It's not like surrounded by parks and rivers and beautiful people like LA or something, right? It's not like a destination. Yeah. However, it is packed with top players. Mm -hmm. and you talk about the low scoring yeah Jim Furyk's 58 and I talked to him about that today funny story for you though because I'm Jim Furyk lives in Pontevedra so 
he's not far from where I live. I see him like at things, events and whatever. And um, I've met him before. He played with Russell. At, I can't remember what tournament. It was at um, the RSM Classic not long ago. And we walked with Russell and we met him at the ends and stuff. So today I had to interview him and we were talking about that. And then afterwards he said to me, you know, I played a practice round with um, Russell Knox yesterday. You guys sound very, very alike. Are you from like a similar place? Or <laughs> And I said, eh, he was like, do you know him? And I said, what, the guy that won the tournament the year you shot 58? <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, he's my brother. <laughs> Jim Fury, hello. Like, what, what? What, what, where are you? I love You know, true players like that. They're, they're, they're spaces, they space out, and no one spaces out more than your brother, but that was a good story. Jim Fury spaced out, right? But talking of the low scoring, too, I mean, this tournament has gone to a playoff so many times. I mean, the big Jordan Speeth moment in 2017, that was a playoff with uh, Daniel Berger, who won at Colonial a few weeks ago, but um, low scoring. And I've asked a lot of the players this week what it is about this course, and they said, that really anyone can play well here. There's no like rhyme or reason. Many different styles of player are going to play well at um, TBC River Highlands. It's not hard. It's not a hard golf course. It's got a little bit of undulation in it. There's two nines. There's one nine that stays out on the flat. Used to be uh, Christmas tree farms all through Hartford. And they took the front nine and they played right through these Christmas tree farms. And the back nine drops down onto the river and there's some interesting shots and you go up and around. And then, of course, you know, the last three holes, four holes, the famous 15th hole they can drive on in one, one shot, 16th over the water. And then I even heard Bryson DeJambeau, uh, Diane, was trying to drive the 17th green, 380-yard carry. It's the most intimidating tee shot. It's like it's hard to hit it in the fairway. The fairway's over there. And he was – it blew my mind. In fact, that – Jason Duffner sent me a, a video se sequence of DeJambeau and I broke down his swing. So we'll see this on this week on Secret Golf uh, Twitter, if you follow us at Secret Golf. And uh, I explained to everybody where all this power is coming from, Diane. Well, first of all, let's look at the numbers because um, he uses Foresight Sports technology and it's the GC Quad. And there's been images going around of his caddy and I was talking to Patton Kazire today, actually. And it's funny, like anyone you bump into, Bryson is the topic of conversation right now. Like everyone is talking about him. And he has 365 yard carry, 200 mile per hour ball speed. I know, that's 145 mile an hour club head speed, I was informed by Jason Duffner today. Gosh. So, so what, what do you see in that swing? Well, you're going to have to watch the sequence and we'll, we'll link it to this uh this this zoom call to this week but um you know lifting weights and and i actually i studied the golf machine for 10 years and bryson dujambeau studied the golf machine so i talked a lot about how um like a surgeon when they go in they they, they look at a problem or they look at something that's happening i'm able to use my golf machine background to be able to say okay this is what's happening. Okay. I'm a diagnostic person when it comes to that. So there's there's some absolute distinct things that um, he does in his swing that I've never seen anyone on tour do. So we talk. I talk about that in my breakdown. However, but what the interesting thing is, Diane is 
lifting weights and getting big and strong um, in the old days, a bunch of bench pressing or whatever it was. That's not the way, that's not this deal. This, this is like sending a rocket to space. This is takes some math, mathematics. And what he's done is he's, he's taken some math of the golf swing and only Bryson could do this because he's the one that's started the golf machine. He knows how to make this, uh, going crazy words, but to make this power package stronger, faster, bigger. And he's, and he's, he's done the weightlifting to support what he's doing and what he's doing in the swing. I just, he doesn't, he gets positions that no one I've never seen before. And I've looked at a million swings, broke down a million swings. So I think it's really cool that he uh, is able to build this. And Jason Duffner and I had a great text message conversation last night about how, how is he doing it? And he asked me and I said, well, I'm going to break it down for you. And we're going to, we're going to look at it this week. I mean, one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking, and was it John Ram yesterday said it in his press conference, what toll is this going to take on his body? Like, we don't, he's doing this right now, but he's a young guy. Like, what toll is this going to take on his body in one year, five years, 10 years? That's got to be the question mark right now. Well, I I like John Ram, but John Ram, he's already in John Ram's head, right? He's in his head for sure because I think he's in Bryson's head. <laughs> yeah, Bryson's been doing these weights to support, and I talk about it in the sequence. He gets in some of these positions, and I know that he couldn't. I'm, I've seen his swing over the years where he got in these positions, and he's gone off and done the weight lifting and the flexibility. He's so flexible. He's so rubbery in this video, and he's huge, right? But he's so flexible that I don't honestly the way he swings. He cannot hurt himself. How about that? I'm going to go on the record today right here on this and tell you he cannot hurt himself the way he's swinging because he is geometrically stacked like a pyramid. He cannot hurt himself. Wow. It's awesome. What he's doing is awesome. Jeez, so he's not going to hurt him. He's not going to hurt himself. Yeah. Well, he's solid. He's got a solid structure there. That makes sense how you said that. And I'll tell you, Rory McElroy, who he's playing with this week with Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, who's you know, loves hitting it long. He's going to be number three in that group this week. And Rory McIlroy, when they played together with uh, Bryson on the final round of the the Colonial a couple of weeks back, Rory looked like a high school player or or a junior golfer standing next to Bryson. It was so funny. And, um, you know, I don't know, uh, Rory, I think I read one of his quotes where he said that he was just, he was amazed and Rory's one of the longest drivers. So, we're going to see. Yeah, because the win for Bryson would be the cherry on the cake right now. I mean, he's the topic of conversation and he's played well. This is only the third tournament since the Tour restarted, but he has played well in the first two. So would it be the would it be the cherry on the cake this week, Diane, or would it be four months from now at Augusta, let's say? Mm. Would where would the hype be there if he just after they tiger-proofed Augusta and he went up there and he did what Tiger did to it in 97. Uh, he said he's going for 210 mile an hour ball speed. That's what he said he'll have in a month. So we'll see. <laughs> that is crazy. When I saw that caddy number on the quad, I was like, is that right? Like, how, <laughs> how did he do it? Yeah, it's... Uh... So I was talking on this voiceover today and I was saying most long drivers 
who get this kind of speed. Jason Zubiak was a name of the past, one of the longest driving player ever. And he got up to 220 mile an hour ball speed. And he represented Titleist back in the day. And he, he was at the Titleist factory one time when I was there. And he was working out, trying to get, he was huge, Diane. He was one of these, like, almost looked like a, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's build. And he would, he would hit 500 balls in a day and try to keep his ball speed up at 220 miles an hour per swing. What? But he hits, it like, he hits it like this, right? Like sideways. And he only has to hit one good ball in the fairway. I think he won the driving contest, the world, world's longest at 390 or something like that. But you're talking about a tour player now. Bryson's a tour player being a – trying to be a – he's not trying to be a long driver. He is a long driver. So, um, oh, I just think it's, it's fascinating to see that the long drivers don't have the golf knowledge. They don't have the movements that Bryson's a U.S. amateur champion. He's a great player. He won all through college. Uh, he has the move to tack on to the power. Mm-hmm. The ambition of having power is one thing, but the move that he has, the real golf move that the big drivers don't have, Bryson has. Okay. The real golf move. Mm. I'm going to lead on to something else that is uh, maybe only I can get away with saying it, and you can get away with saying it because you would say it to his face, but Russell Knox, who is working with Justin James, who was 2017 World Long Drive Champion, dad, Jerry James, he was a world long drive champion. And that's what Russell's been going for is power, ball speed, distance off the tee. And he's missed six cuts in a row. (laughs) But you'll find this interesting because you said to me, as soon as this started, which was at Riviera, so January, you were like, bad idea. This is not- I said, I I don't like this. Yeah, you told him that and you guys had a good conversation about it. So- he, Russell says that he's found something and he knows that like it's going to come good. Last Thursday at the RBC Heritage, first round he was two over. Now he was scoring so low there, it, he was going to have to go like what, six under to make the cut. Friday. five the second day, right? Yeah, yeah, four under on the Friday. He played so much better. I was checking like meticulously every shot online and he played Russell golf. Like he hit fairways. He was putting it to like, you know, 12, 15, 20 feet. He just couldn't make a putt. <laughs> that was part of the problem. But just, I, just, when, just when you fix one part, another part, yeah, yeah, I get it. I said to him, did you do anything differently Thursday into Friday? And he's like, I got a new driver. All right, what driver? Oh, no, 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 exactly the same. Exactly the same driver, just a new one. <laughs> and it worked. Okay, so I see him today. I'm like, Oh, you know, how are you hitting it? Oh, yeah, I got a new driver, like completely different one. <laughs> so, another one. Yeah, another one. I mean, where where does it stop? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you see people like Bryson, and Russell's never been a big hitter. So you see all these people that are ahead of you when it comes to distance and power, and the golf course is getting longer, and it's favoring the longer hitters. Someone like Russell, are you in panic mode? Like, what are you searching for? You know me, Diane, I like to debate things, and I would debate back by saying that the number one money winner on the tour is Webb Simpson, who hits it shorter than your brother. He actually has, I think, four, a red, his longest iron in his bag is a five iron. He has like a lady set, literally. He has like five hybrids. 
<laughs> and he's the number he's the number one winner on the tour right now. You know why he's the number one? Is he doesn't care. He's not chasing distance. He's working on his game. He's working on his craft. Yeah. He's becoming a technician and he's being great at what he does. And your brother, as much as I love your brother, Me too. <laughs> his time is being pulled away by working on, let's call it a three state three 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 chambers of tour action. One, he's over here working on a new deal and he's not working on his regular deal and the other guys are blowing by him mm-hmm. because they're working on the deal while he's experimenting. I've been, warning the, I've been warning guys for this for 30 years. While you work on something new and I polish my shoes as shinier, you're over there trying to build a new shoe, my shoes look better. Yeah. I'm going to beat you every time. And it's the biggest trap on the tour. And you know who doesn't get bored? You know who does, you know who does not get bored with winning money and being awesome? I'll tell you a couple guys that don't get bored. Webb Simpson does not get bored by being shitty-looking swing. Doesn't look a great swing. He's got an inside-out with a twirly gig. Looks like he might shank it, which he does sometimes. He's got an angle over here on his putter. You know, Matt Kuchar doesn't get bored by winning millions. <laughs> these, guys, these guys, they don't get bored. They don't get bored with it. Your brother gets bored. He's too he's too intelligent. He gets bored. He thinks he's got to change everything. Yeah. Goodness. Well, I wish uh, I tell you here's another name and I, d- I know that you'll uh, you'll have stuff to say about this guy, Abraham Answer. Another one. He he does hit the ball far. He's got distance, but last weekend I thought he was going to win it at one point and he came really close, but his he didn't miss a green. Like final round yeah. every single green. Yep, there was a story on Twitter, you know, um, I hold the record on the tour for greens in reg in a row. Do you know, did you know that? No. Okay. So I was in um, Flint, Michigan, up in uh, Michigan, at a course up there, and I made the cut on the number. I thought I was going to miss the cut. I was having a dinner one night Freddie Couples and Davis Love came in they said hey would you shoot elk and I said oh, I'm like even finally like is, I said is it going to make it and they go maybe so I find out late that night that I made the cut so I'm first off the next day and I play one two three and when I got to the fourth tee on this Saturday a TV guy comes down out of the out of the stand and goes hey elk you've hit every green in regulation you've hit 39 in a row you're a You've just, you've, you've just, you're now the, the all-time tour leader for greens in reg in a row. And I'm like, one over. I'm coming last through the tournament. That's how bad I was putting. But then, of course, I missed I miss the next green after the guy told me. I didn't have any idea. So I didn't have any idea. So um, I was, uh, greens and regs are very important. But I, I, I went through stretches where I didn't putt so good. But Abraham Answer, uh, hitting 18 greens at Hilton Head, but Diane, there was no wind last week, no wind, and there was no wind at Colonial. I, 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 was, I was telling Sam, I said, I think the, the virus has taken the conditions away. They're like they're playing indoors. Uh, normally, we get a big wind at uh, Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the weather forecast is looking extremely good for this place too. I think the only rain that was forecast was going to be today, and there was no rain whatsoever. Yeah, so tomorrow, you know, they start, right? Tomorrow they start. Um, 
with no fans. It's going to be, um, it's going to be, uh, I'll tell you another story. The, 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 at Hartford, we have to cut this and chew it up. But um, you remember Gary McCord worked uh, for CBS for 30 years yes. and the, the, the golf course was redesigned a couple of times. Okay. And I don't know, you're too young to remember this, but they used to have these hole openings on CBS. They would go, now we're going to go to CBS and Gary McCord's going to describe the 16th hole at Hartford. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but the 16th hole at Hartford now is a part three across the water. Yes, you know it? Yep, I was there today. But before they redesigned it, the 17th that comes across, the tee used to be up on top and you used to hit down to the 16th green from a different angle. Okay. So Gary McCord said, Elk, I want you to come with me. He said, we're going to do a whole incredible hole opening. We're going to do a hole opening because McCord was crazy, right? So, so he, he, he does this deal, right? So 16th hole. Hi, I'm Gary McCord. Welcome to the 16th hole. This hole is 162 yards downhill. So downhill. In fact, the hang time is like, and they pan back and they show him on a, one of these big high, uh, you know, cranes and they push a dummy like McCord. I'm going to dive off this dummy I'm going to show you how much hang time. And they push McCord off dummy and it goes, ah! and it lands in the bunker, you know, five seconds later. And it never made it to air, but it was so traumatizing because like 50 people were watching it and they thought it was actually McCord. So we ran down. So that was a whole opening that never made it. That was, that happened at Hartford. And uh, the course is different now, but uh, that was cool. That's a good story. So um, I want to talk quickly about our guys because I have uh, all of them here who are playing this week. Let me just run through them all. Ryan Palmer, Mark Leishman, former champion here. Uh, Chris Stride, Bronson Burgoon, Brian Harmon, Russell, former champion. JT Poston, Patton Kazire, Jason Kokrak and JJ Henry, another former champion. So we have three of them that are in the field this week. Um, we spoke about Russell. We've talked about Ryan Palmer a lot. He's actually, I, I saw him the other day as we were checking into the hotel at the same time and he'd had a great run at Hilton Head um, and he said he was super happy but just final day, just had some very, very unlucky breaks and it didn't come together. Yeah, you know, a lot of our guys are playing well. The interesting name on that list right there, Diane, is JJ Henry. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, is his hometown. Hartford. Is Hartford, Connecticut. It was one of the biggest thrills of his life was winning at Hartford. Oh. Uh, he was, it was his hometown. Um, there's another interesting name on there. JT Poston has been playing very good golf. Yeah. Uh, the last two weeks. Um, Chris Stroud played well last week, played with Sergio yeah. Garcia on the Sunday. Had a, I think he had a one under and finished in the money pretty good. Um, We've had a lot of guys that have been playing solid. Um, your brother needs to get a little get-along this week. This should spur him to uh, play better this week. I hope so. I spoke to JT Poston today. I spoke to Mark Leishman today. Um, JT said, he's like, yeah, play great, feel really good. He's so calm and chill anyway. But he he's missed the cut here, I think, the last two years. But the form that he's had lately, and to be honest, it was this time last year after this tournament that he really kind of, got in his 
like rhythm and it led to the win at the Wyndham but he he was just so cool calm and collected today and so positive about his game um Leishman the same most easygoing friendly person in the world and uh, he just said the weird thing is not having fans and Leishman won here in 2012 but he said you're really going to notice it this week the players are yeah there's so many people there's so many people I mean there's so many people go to Hartford event they um they make they get their tickets a year ahead of year ahead and the same people Diane you'll when you know you've been to a tournament when there's tons of people that go to it every year you'll see all their buttons on their hat all their jacket they'll have all the years they've done it's not uncommon to see it hard for to see a woman or someone that you recognize it's always been on that hole with their family we have 30 or 40 Hartford tournaments on their hat and I used to I used to stop and look at especially some of the Sammy Davis Jr. ones on their hat some of their buttons are sensational guys like Mark Leishman Diane who won already this year in San Diego finished second in Bay Hill has come out of this deal slow, but I don't worry about guys like Leishman because Leishman's looking ahead. He's thinking he's already in the playoffs, whatever that short season is going to be. Leishman must be looking ahead to the PGA, the Masters, US Open, thinking, how can I get myself in position? Then you have other guys on our roster, like your brother, who are looking for some form right now. Mm-hmm. They need to get going. Yeah. Bronson Bagoon, need to get going. Mm-hmm. Chris Stroud, need to get going. J.J. Henry, nice week to be back home, get going. Harmon had a great week last week. So guys are doing different things. You know, they're, they're jockeying. Yeah. Patton's another one. You know, Patton's, Patton's another one that needs to get going. New dad. <laughs> you know, three New dad. Yeah. Messes with his game all the time. <laughs> I hate to say it always working, changing things. And I, I wish he wouldn't because he puts as good as JT Poston. Some guys don't think putting great is sexy. They think that a lot of guys will think that hitting a two-on on the green is the sexiest thing imaginable, like a, like a JT Thomas or Tiger Woods or Brooks Koepka where they just smash a 250-yard two-on on the green. And they can't do that. I can't do that. You know, yeah. I'll hit, I might lay it up or something, but, uh, uh, you know, they couldn't hit it as straight as I could. So you have to fall in love with what you do well when you're a tour player. Mm-hmm. And you have to be so good at that. And you just have to be able to repeat it and repeat it. But the guys get all the credit, all the guys that get all the credit are the, are the bombers. Mm-hmm. But last week, Diane, we saw two really, um, actually the last two weeks, we've and it's been the style of course, we talked about it on this podcast, Answer, Webb Simpson, methodical, no, no power. Mm-hmm. The week before, we saw Schauffele. Berger's got some power, but played strategic golf. So this week, you're going to be able to take the head cover off the driver this week. They're going to be hitting some, they're going to be moving the ball. Okay. This cool. week. I'm excited and we're just glad that there is golf. We're glad that this week's going ahead. Um, even though things got a little bit shaky, I guess, for the tour, I think they handled it great. As you say, Jay Monaghan came out and I think he did a brilliant job in his press conference. He was, he was unreal today. Mm-hmm. I was so proud for them to do that because I just knew it was going to cave. They were going to cave. They were going to fold. And well, I didn't know they were going to fold. The world thought they were going to fold. Speculation, I know. The yeah. golf Twitter someplace. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's like it's, everyone's pulling for him to fold. 
I know it was very negative. I don't get that. I think that right. And now, then when he says we're not faulting, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. I know it it so changes true. like instant. Very, very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah. We all need to be positive right now. Like it's the only way to be, and we have to embrace the fact that these guys get to go out there, and they've all said it. We're we're entertaining. We we get to go out there, play our game, and we get to entertain fans on TV. Okay, they might not be here right now, but you can watch it on TV. I did, I did read, um, and I told you I get a lot of things from reading. I did read that Jordan Spieth said that he thought it was a much easier to win a tournament in the COVID tournaments because there's less pressure with fans. Well, you and I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I do think even though it hasn't quite panned out because some star players have won the last two weeks, it is an opportunity for a young guy to get in the game here and just do it in sheer, you know, by himself. Doesn't need to, no excess pressure. You did say that at Colonial and you said it was going to be someone who lived in Florida or one of these states and then Burger came out and won. So Who's been playing, they've been playing. They've been yeah. playing, playing, playing. So we'll see. Okay, Elk, that was excellent. That was so much fun. Good to chat and um, looking forward to another good week on the PGA Tour. Great. Great to see you, Diane. And, and uh, am I still on? Uh, your video went. Yeah, my video went. Uh, a call came in, but I'm going to let it go. Um, last thing mm -hmm. is while you're there, yes. of all the years I go on tour, we always we used to have a list, Diane, uh, on tour that of um, – Am I still on? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we always have a list. They used to have a list uh, where the best restaurants in the whole country. Okay. And there's one in Hartford. Okay. For pizza. For pizza. It's called the First and Last Tavern. Okay. It's, it's on Maple Street. It's old school uh, pizza joint. The, the oven is back there and they have the long stick. And out front, they have all the fresh vegetables. They cut up and put it right on in front of you. And uh, every time I went there, it was always, back in the day, it was Ken Venturi, Pat Summerall, uh, Jim Nance, Gary McCord, all the legends from, we couldn't wait to get to the first and last. Okay. So that uh, is my tip for you. Excellent. And when, when you say Maple Street, I know because whenever you're in Jacksonville, there's a breakfast place near my house called Maple Street, and that's your favorite place to go. So the other Bingo. My navigation was like, turn right on Maple Street. So I know where it is. Um, we can't sit in because you're not allowed to do that right now. But on Friday night when I'm all done, I'm going to get takeaway pizza. That'll be my treat. Do it. Okay. Do it. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. That was fun. Once Elk and I get going and start talking about golf, there's like no stopping us. As I said, even the video is going to be up as well. So the link is in the description box for this and it's going to be on all of our social media. I love what he has to say about Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to go back and listen to that. And make sure you check out the swing analysis of Bryson that Elk's done. Um, again, that's going to be on all of our Secret Golf social media. So you can have a little look and see that. Have a brilliant week. Enjoy the Travellers Championship. Hopefully things are safe going forward. And we'll be back with another podcast next week.